there is no secret formula for scaling customer support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new HubSpot Service Hub, bringing service and support together in one platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up a rep's time with AI-powered help desk, all so you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Like I could have been CMO multiple times. I've had so many different CMO offers and someone actually said to me as like, why are you not a CMO yet? What, like, what, what's wrong with you? Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Marketing Against the Grain. I'm your host, Kit Bodner. I am joined as always by my very special co-host, Kieran Flanagan. We have a sick show today. It's a, it's a little sad. It's a little sad because we're gonna break some news in the show, so stay tuned for that. But we are talking about how to not fuck your career today on the show. It is the start of the year. There's a lot of people that are thinking about their next steps. They're thinking about resolutions. They're thinking about what their professional life looks like. And so we wanted to do a special career. We're marketing folks. We'll talk a little bit more about the marketing career path, but most of what we're gonna share is gonna apply to everybody. So we are talking about how to not fuck your career today on Marketing Against the Grain. We have an impetus for this episode that we wanna share with everybody, Kieran, which is... You and I have worked together at HubSpot for a long time, and you have made a decision to take a new job and become a CMO at an awesome company. And so I want you to tell everybody just briefly about that. And then I want to talk about kind of careers and journeys and how do you make decisions like this and how do we give people the information they need to make the best choices in their careers? Yeah, I think I've been here 10 years. Actually, I've made it all the way to 10 years. If you told me that when I joined, I would not have believed you. Tech usually has like short lifetimes. And I've done a lot of things. And then, you know, I decided that it was time to go try something new. So I'm going to go be CMO for Zapier and also kind of lead the self-surcharge. So we've talked a lot. There's Mm. the marketing axis and then the kind of like go-to-market growth axis. And I've always struggled because I like being at the middle. Yeah, I like being in the middle of those things. You like to be in between those things. Yeah, yeah. and I think that uh, talking to Wade and Zapier, there's just the perfect opportunity to go and do that for them. And a pretty interesting time to join that company. So congrats to you. Congrats to Wade and the Zapier team who gets the best marketer I know. Oh. So congratulations there. So Kieran is obsessed with product-led growth. And so he's making a very thoughtful choice in his career. So I want to talk with you though, Kieran, you and I have both made some, I would say, probably counterintuitive career choices in our lives. And I want to talk about that with you today because there are a lot of people listening right now where we're basically in a global recession. There are probably a lot of people who switch jobs during the peak of the economic frenzy, and they're kind of think about what they're doing. They might be laid off from a job because of the crazy economic times. Like there's a lot of different changes in the job markets. I wanted to start with You and I both worked at the same place for a long time. You worked at HubSpot for a decade. I've worked at HubSpot for will be 13 years on March 1st. Oh, wow. Which is pretty bananas. That is bananas. And I want to come with my first lesson, and I want to see if you agree with it. My number one piece of advice to everyone out there is to have a remarkable career, you need to do remarkable work. And doing remarkable work takes time. Mm. Any problem we're solving cannot be solved super quickly. It doesn't mean decades, but it means years, right? And I think there is a level of patience that is necessary in a career. I think most people switch jobs too quickly because 
they want a short-term compensation change or they want a short-term title change. And what happens is, is they sub-optimize their actual long-term career. It's like, cool, I make 10% more money in the short term or I have a step up in title in the short term, but I don't actually have the skills and experience to really excel. And because of that, I'm kind of stunted and stuck at that part of my career for kind of the rest of my career, which is a terrible, terrible place to be. So do you agree with this, Kieran? Am I a crazy person? Like, what do you think that the role of patience plays in your career? One of the things I've always kind of, the way that I've approached my career is I think of everything in two-year stints. Like I think of everything in a two-year package. He's not joking. We would have conversations every two years about what was going on. And the reason for me, maybe I think other people are better. I'm just able to, you know, able to distill things down to two-year blocks and say like, what is the mission within this two years? And I think it takes two years to achieve something meaningful. I agree. And you also have to think then within that two years, how am I leveraging the skill set I have and how am I learning net new things? And I think the older you get, like I do think that changes as you get older. And one of the things I've realized is actually, and this is why I'm grateful for having joined HubSpot, is having one success behind you gives you so much more freedom. And it's so hard yeah. to have one success in tech. <laughs> it's so hard. Like it's actually really hard to join the company in an early stage, go public, and actually when you're public, do really well. So I think it's, you know, there isn't an element of luck, but that frees you up to like, now I just think about, do I enjoy who I work with? And am I having fun? <laughs> Which isn't mm -hmm. like really... I see people posting, because it's now January, I see people posting OKRs for their life. And maybe that's a good thing. Get a life, people. Like, that's just not my thing. My thing is, no. like, I want to have fun. I want to solve cool problems. And I want to work with cool people. And if that's happening, then I don't put myself under pressure to go, I should actually be a CMO now. I'll tell you a quick story. Like, I could have been CMO multiple times. I've had so many different CMO offers. And someone actually said to me as like, why are you not a CMO yet? What, like, what, what's wrong with you? Like, you could have been a CMO ages ago. I'm like, look at the work I'm doing. Like, I, 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 I've just bought a company. I'm doing M&A deals. I'm building totally. stuff that you don't get the opportunity to build. But I wouldn't have had that unless I was very focused on like, am I working on something cool? Am I solving cool problems? What can I get done that's meaningful within that kind of two-year period? Now, I will say one quick thing, because I, I have been pretty outspoken on titles don't matter. <laughs> And I actually don't. You're, yeah, but you're going to kind of go back. You're, you're going to talk out of both sides of your mouth now. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, well, someone pushed back at me. And what they said actually did resonate. And not for me, because... Yeah, let's have the title argument. They don't matter to me. Honestly, the problem matters to me. But yeah. to have the problems you want, at some point, you do need the title yeah. to go with those problems. But yeah. one thing they said to me was actually different from that. They said, it is easy to say that titles do not matter when you have the title. So they would say to you, Kip, it's easy for you to say... Being a CMO or a VP of marketing does not matter because you've been CMO for one of the most successful companies in tech. And they were saying this about me as like, they were, I think, a director. They wanted to be a VP. Mm -hmm. And they were like, it's easy for you to say that. You have the title. And I thought that was actually a very fair pushback because it's hard. No, I think it's a total bullshit pushback. Go for it, thanks. I actually <laughs> thought it was a fair pushback because you know what? You know, before I joined HubSpot, every day I would wake up, look at my whiteboard, and I would have want to be a marketing director for... A phenomenal tech company. And I lived in Ireland. And I tell you what, that is hard to do that was rough. back in those days in Ireland. Dude, you and I were together in Ireland in those days. And it was, it was real. Here's why I think that's bullshit, right? Because the second you have something in life, th think about something. Think about something you've oh, wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You this want the true. next thing. You do want this as human. This is the biggest problem. So with this is a stupid argument. It'd be like you saying, like, oh yeah, you of course can say a CMO title doesn't matter because you're a CMO. I'm like, 
but I could go be a CEO of a company yeah, I and I could really care about that. But I don't because that's not what is interesting to me right now. And I want to do different things and I want to work with people that I really love and get a lot of value working with. So I think that is totally a flawed argument. I think one thing, so someone said to me, I, I really agree with this, is like, hey, you change roles, you get the title. And I want to actually say something really funny here, but you get your five minutes of fame on LinkedIn. Oh, I'm leaving. Uh-huh. Now, I have kind of done this, but like Jason Lemkin actually tweeted, I don't know if you saw his tweet, is like, wow, my LinkedIn profile just full of people talking about leaving their job. Yeah. But, and I was like, oh, shit. like I just posted one of those. But yeah, biggest problem with humans is the instant you get your thing, that thing has faded. Yeah. The kind of like feeling you get from that thing has faded and you're just left with the work. <laughs> so that's why you really need to think about the actual work because the title will not make you feel better when you are doing work that you do not enjoy with people you do not like working with. Here's my take for you and everybody. My take is if you are living for the affirmation of others, that is a sad fucking life. Yeah, this is true. And the second you care what anybody else thinks... I would argue that a title is a proxy for the thing that I actually care about. The thing that you actually care about, I think there are a couple of things. One is like doing interesting work. The other thing is, you know, it's the Hamilton song, right? Want to be in the room where it happened, the room where it yes. happened, right? You yes. want access to a group of people, right? And if a title grants you access to a group of people that you can learn from, and you can work on cool things with, then that's great. If you don't need that title to get that access, then who the hell cares? Who the hell cares? This is actually the best point you've made on this topic, actually. Uh, it's the access. I know people who did not have the title, but had roles where they had access to like all of the execs in HubSpot or worked directly with them. I think yes. one of the most interesting roles right now in tech is actually chief of staff. Yes, 100%. Seen, uh, former founders and things like that go be chief of staff because you're working in tandem with the CEO. You t- learn. So let's restate this for everybody. If you are working in a career that's not starting your own startup and you're trying to work with great leaders and learn from great leaders, then the thing to solve for is not your title and compensation. It is to get into the room where it happens. Like at some point you reach an age and you're like, I need to sell for compensation. Well, but I'm telling you that the other two are a natural yeah, byproduct of the first. We could bring on five people <laughs> onto the show that we both know and are great friends with who started off as interns or chief of staff to executives and are now amazing, successful yeah, executives yeah, yeah. much faster than everybody else yeah. because they prioritized the right thing. Right. Do it for yourself and for the interest in the problems you want to solve, not for the affirmation of others or for what other people say or think about you. Everybody out there is just insecure and jealous of everybody else. So first of all, I think that is a very hard thing to not have, especially in tech. Like I've had this is like you compare yourself to everyone. Yeah, you totally. We've had a lot of comparison conversations. Yeah. So I think if you can get over that, that is a big hurdle to come over. And I think part of getting over that is getting somewhat confidence in yourself. Like I hear all the time when like when you're managing a lot of people, everyone has imposter syndrome and they think it's unique to them. Yeah. It's actually not unique to anyone within tech. Like most people in tech have this. I'd say most people in the world have it. Most people in life have it. I think it's really prevalent in tech. And someone told me before, and I think I mentioned this in the pod, that they talked to a lot of recruiters within tech and the best people they could hire were people who had deep, deep imposter syndrome mm-hmm. and were brilliant because they were constantly trying to like battle against everyone yeah. else to prove their worth. And so I think if you can get over that part, maybe a title actually helps you get over that part. But the access part is just so important. And I do see if you solve for title versus interest in work, that's where it all goes wrong. I've seen it go wrong more times than I can count. That's the biggest issue because you're doing like a CMO job 
you call yourself a CMO, you're managing five people and- You're doing you, a director of marketing job at some shitty company. What actually happens is you go to your next job and you've been titled a CMO and that person is trying to look at you because you're really a director or even a senior manager of marketing in another company. And you're trying to like squash those yeah. things together and it makes it really hard to kind of like put you into that frame, even though that's where your skill set is. And so you have to make sure that people have the right expectations for where you are within your career as well. You want to grow fast and accelerate fast, but not beyond your capabilities because you don't want to have a succession of things that you've mm -hmm. just not been able to like meet the bar on. Okay. So we're saying the number one way to not f up your career is to have patience. Patience. And life. patience manifests itself in a few different ways. It manifests in that Worthy problems take a while to solve. Kieran, you talked about how you do these two-year stints. And there's a byproduct of those two-year stints that I want to emphasize for people because I think it's very important that you didn't cover. And I actually don't even know if you are aware of. Most people that I know who have imposter syndrome, who are kind of insecure about themselves, you know what they spend a lot of their time doing? Second-guessing themselves. And they don't just second-guess their work. They second-guess their place in life. Mm. They say, oh... Should I really be in this job? Should I be doing this other thing? Like, what should I be doing, right? And your two-year stints takes away the second guessing. I'm all in. Right. You know how you are great at something? You go all, all in. in. If you are not all in, you are by the very nature undercutting your ability to be successful. And one of the things that I thought was brilliant over our time working together about your like, hey, I'm going to do this two-year sprint or stint on this type of work is you were always fully all in on it. And the power of being all in is something that nobody talks about in their career. You know, in San Francisco, it basically got cool to flip jobs and, you know, get options, all of those things. That's all stupid. At the end of the day, I think that is stupid and it's solving for the short term over the long term. And the way to really solve for the long term, find interesting work with great people and be all in. <laughs> Like that's a three-step cheat sheet to living a happy life where you have more money than you need. Like that's 100%. it, I promise you, everyone. And then the other thing about that is like, I'm at my unhappiest when I don't know if I should be doing the thing that I'm doing. Yes. That's when I'm just not happy. I'm like, yes. I'm doing this thing, but I'm not sure if this is the right thing for me to be doing. I love just going, oh, this is the thing I'm doing for the next yeah. two years. And I don't have to think about that. I'm just like, this is the thing I'm Constraints doing. Constraints are great, people. If you are unhappy, if you are feeling uncertain, or not believing yourself, it is largely because you do not have enough constraints in your life and because you care too much about what other people think. And the other thing about two years is it kind of reduces the burden to think about your life plan. <laughs> like, yeah. I, that's the reason I did it. Is 100%. Because I, I, I can't think beyond, I just don't have the whole like, I want to be here at this time and I want to be here. I'm just like, that stuff will take care of itself yes. if you actually do cool stuff and you have like meaningful impact wherever you are. So we're talking about the byproducts of patience in your career. I'm going to talk about another way to have a great career, not fuck up your career. And this one's going to deeply resonate with you, Karen. And it's not me patting myself on the back. But if you want to be happy, you need to work with a leader who doesn't micromanage you, who trusts you and have real autonomy. And it's basically impossible to have that if you keep switching jobs. Trust is built over time right? It's very hard if you change jobs every 18 months to ever work for somebody who's like, oh yeah, I completely trust you. You have all the autonomy in the world and you can go do this stuff. That is a rare thing in this world. And when you get it, it is 
magical. And you can only get it through long-term relationships. Yeah, I think you should pat yourself in the back. I think you're incredible at those things. And your manager will dictate most of how you feel about a company. That's all the data. All the data is like people quit managers, not jobs, right? Like we quit know managers, that. managers, not jobs. We know that. And all of the things you said are the things that I think resonate with people, like autonomy, set out good problems, build a relationship with trust. It is really hard to do that. It takes like, it depends at the level you're at. But if you're at a really senior level, it really takes six months to even like... Understand. Yeah, get your feet under you. Understand. Well, this is my last point before we move on to the next segment of the show that I want to cover, which is context matters. Having knowledge and context and deep understanding of problems. Kieran, I know you've been obsessed with people who started really early in a company and progressed to be the CEO. I would love you to share that. That's because of context, because they understand how everything works, the people involved, all of those things. I was really obsessed with this. I just been looking around. I actually did some posts on this. It is the CMO of Starbucks. Okay, tell us more. So the current CMO of Starbucks has been there for 21 years. They started as a marketing manager in 2001, worked their way up to a director by 2004, became a vice president in 2008, and then all the way to CMO in 2020. That is playing the long game, right? Like they have context across the entire company. One of the stories that I would share from my time at, at Salesforce actually is there's this guy called George who went on to become the CEO of Twilio. Twilio, who I have a lot of stock in. I can't wait till that starts to rebound. <laughs> he was an amazing person, but he was in Salesforce as an intern. And the story about George who was Benioff really rated him and put him in every kind of department to have like these little missions and times leading these different departments. So he had full context of the company ready in him to be become maybe the COO or CEO of Salesforce. And so when you see like great CEOs like Sundar from Google, I think he started as a software engineer back in 2004. The current CEO of Amazon, again, has been there like 20 odd years. You have context and you've worked across the entire groups. So you can add real, real value. And so when you're thinking about joining a company and you look at your career, if you join a company that's growing, you're likely going to have a much more success if you stay there much, much longer because you get better context of the business yes. and you start to actually be able to make more meaningful decisions and make more meaningful suggestions because you have true, true context. And I think six months, get your feet under you. A year, you can start to have like actual some impact on your team, but it takes a couple of years, I think, maybe a year, uh, 16, 18 months, two years, when you can start to really drive some meaningful impact for that business because you have a lot of context around the problems and the challenges and the opportunities that are available to them. We'll be right back. But before, let me tell you about another podcast I love. Nudge, hosted by Phil Agnew, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Ever noticed how the smallest changes can have the biggest impact? On Nudge, you learn simple evidence-backed tips to help you kick bad habits, get a raise, grow a business, Every bite-sized 20-minute show comes packed with practical advice, nudge is fast-paced, but it's still insightful with real-world examples that you can apply. Oh, and it's the UK's fastest-growing business podcast. If you want an MBA's worth of insight one podcast, this is the right show for you. Entrepreneurs will love this show because it's filled with repeatable proven studies, not hearsay and one-off success stories. You're going to love the show because I was interviewed by Phil. You can go check out my episode. And I recently listened to an awesome episode. It's called Six Scientifically Proven Persuasion Techniques. It's a must listen for anyone in marketing. Listen to Nudge wherever you get your podcasts. 
I love that. And we've talked about the first half of how people screw up their careers. They are impatient. They make choices based on ego. They don't stay in roles long enough. We talked to you about all of the ways that you can avoid that mistake. The other 50% of how you fuck up your career comes on the other side by picking the wrong job when you decide to switch jobs. Fortunately, I'm here with somebody who just picked a new job. And so I want to dive into that with you, Kieran, because you're a very smart and successful person. No shortages of options in the world. You could have gone and done a whole host of things. Talk us through like how you thought about that process and take us behind the scenes so that people can kind of copy your thinking and your strategy there. Yes, I thought about this a lot. A lot. (laughs) Uh, You actually helped me think through this. So the first thing I started with, and this could be unique to people in our position, which is, do I want to continue being an operator or do I want to go do something else? And the something else for me is actually venture, consulting, and teaching. And the reason I would do that eventually is because I want to be able to manage and dictate my own time. Mm -hmm. So I started there and I was like, I was like, it depends. It depends. It depends like what operator opportunities there are and if they are actually really appeal to me. And the other way I thought about that was if I go into the kind of venture individual contributor space, would I ever come back and do the operator role? And the reason I asked myself that was because if I do leave and I wouldn't come back, is there anything in the operator land that I would regret not having done before I leave? And the thing I would have regret not having done is like really kind of you know, an iteration of the CMO role for an incredible company and really kind of had another cycle of growing a large PLG business and really trying to figure out the problems that come with that. And I really love the kind of like 100 million to 1 billion kind of journey. So I really thought about that. And then within that, it's not actually that complicated in how I thought about it. You actually mentioned it. It's like really simplistic. Do I really like the company? Do I really like the people? Do they have really interesting problems that they're trying to solve? And for me, one of the things I had to think about because I'm in Ireland, it's maybe not so big of a deal in the States is like remote first would be ideal. You know, one last thing I'll leave with in terms of like, how do I feel about the company and the product? One of the reasons I love working at HubSpot is because whenever you say, like, let's face it, we're like, we're a B2B tech company, right? This is true. In the grand scheme of things you can do in the world, it's B2B tech. This is true. And one of the reasons I love to work in HubSpot is because anytime you said to people, for the most part within the industry, I worked at HubSpot, they're like, oh, I love those guys. I love that company. That's cool, right? Brands. People feel the same way about Zapier. Like anytime Mm -hmm. I mention Zapier or say, I'm like, I'm talking to Zapier or join Zapier. I haven't told that many people like, oh, I love those guys. Oh, that crew are so cool. Mm -hmm. And that actually makes things a little bit better, (laughs) a little bit easier for you because the people already feel some kind of way. Well, so let me try to break down for everybody what you just unpacked in that process, right? The first thing you did is you were really honest with yourself. You said, hey, here are the couple of paths that I am interested in. And it wasn't like, oh, here's what the world thinks I should do. Here's what I'm interested in, right? And that's a very powerful first step. And then you said, okay, you use the famous Bezos framework. You know, one of the core decision-making frameworks of Amazon is, are there decisions that you can't undo? You mm. can't walk back. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. And, and that's basically what Kieran did here. Is he said, oh, I know if I went to be a venture capitalist, for example, that the likelihood of me going and then being a CMO after that's probably pretty low. That's a very different skill set, lifestyle, everything. So that is probably a door I can't walk back through. You know, and so that door is closed behind me. So maybe I want to do something before I walk through that door I can't walk back through. And so that is a very, very important lesson in all of this. And so he used that as a forcing function to kind of narrow down your choices, which I thought was really smart. And then I think the thing that was really brilliant that you kind of glossed over that I want everybody to understand is 
you were like, I really like working at a company that's from $100 million in revenue to a billion dollars in revenue. And that phase of development, that is really important. Most people don't spend enough time thinking about like, oh, what is the type of company? Where is it at in its scale? And are those the type of problems I am most interested in? And I think you were very clear and honest with yourself about those, which is pretty awesome right? Because you and I have seen lots of journeys. I can tell you what a company looks like at 10 million, 50 million, 100 million, so forth, right? They look different. It's very different. Very different. And so if you know, and even if you are unsure, go ask some people who have been at companies at those stages and have them describe to you what it's like and what those differences are, because that is going to increase the likelihood that you're going to be much happier in that new role and that you're setting the right expectations with that new team that you're working with. So I thought there was a bunch of gold buried in that process that I wanted to make sure everybody watching really was able to take away as they're thinking about what might be their next career move coming up. Yeah, I think the big thing is don't overthink it because I have talked to people and wow, they have like incredible frameworks. The reality is any role may not be what you think it is. And that's fine. Then you can go do something else. Like don't build up the negative. You know I'm good at doing that, Kip. (laughs) I've got a print right beside my desk that says overthinking will fucking kill you. (laughs) I've been in Kip's highest, which is awesome. I I just showed it for the folks on YouTube. And it's awesome because the easiest thing to do is to overthink something, right? Right. And man, you got to stop overthinking things to like really have it work. I think especially you are more likely to overthink things when they come down to yourself, right? Like you're less likely to overthink things that are other people's activities, actions, but you're like, oh, this is my future. This is my career. I have to get it right. And it's very, very easy to just be paralyzed with options and overthink it and either do nothing or make a bad choice. I think some of that comes from being fortunate enough to have like one win under your belt does give you the freedom to, you know, it will be fine. <laughs> I think it's going to be great. I think everything's going to work out. But if it didn't, like worst case scenario, it will be fine. Like yeah. it will be fine. The main thing that I've learned is I think I'm in a unique position in some ways from a lot of people that I hire or work with or speak with in tech because I had a career that I really didn't succeed at and did not enjoy and made me deeply unhappy because I've always been a career motivated person. And I was a software engineer and I was like, you know, the story behind the software engineer is when you don't have a lot of money in Ireland, we're fortunate enough that we get given grants and the grant allows you to go to college. But -hmm. if you go to college on a grant and you realize you're in the wrong course, you're unable to switch. So if you paid for that yourself, you can switch to another course. Yeah. If you are on a grant, you cannot switch another course. Within one week. That's, that's a stupid system, Ireland. I'm sorry. Yeah, we couldn't afford a computer, right? So like I yeah. chose to do computers. And so my first time switching on a computer was really when I was going to university. And within one week, I was like, huh. Maybe this isn't for me. I don't think this is for me. And so I tried to move to like business and computer. And so I stuck, like true, I, I stuck out engineering and I, I was like, maybe I'll try to like really make a go of this, but like learning a language, it either sticks mm-hmm. or it doesn't stick and it wouldn't stick. And so I know what it felt like to have a career that not enjoy. And so when I found something I really enjoyed, I was like, it's kind of all good. Like the bad times are better than the bad times when I had a career I didn't enjoy. The good times are infinitely better than the good times when I had a career I didn't enjoy. And so having that experience where you're like, I know what it's like to do something I don't enjoy. And and I found something that I do enjoy and I'm good at. It changes everything. And so I would say to people is, if you can get that feeling, I'm doing this thing, I enjoy it and I'm good at it. That alone will make you much more successful and much more happier. Well, it turns out the happier you are, the better your work is, right? Yes. 
Exactly. Uh, I think that is a hopefully really good perspective on how to think about choosing the next step in your career. Because I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. I think Kieran was really kind to just kind of unpack the full transparency of kind of how he thought about it. But Kieran, before we go, you read HubSpot for 10 years. Lots of things transpired. What is your favorite funny oh. HubSpot memory? <laughs> Dude, some of my favorite, this has been a movie for me, like from someone who grew up in a small village in Ireland and really always wanted to work with a US tech company in any kind of form. Honestly, I can't even describe how this has just been like a movie for me working with HubSpot. But some of my funniest times, because we've had a lot. Yeah. When I first joined HubSpot, I was in, a, I wouldn't say who said it to me, and I was at the first like inbound event and we had the after party and someone came up to me and says, yeah, like it's been interesting to get, you know, you like the, the way that people think about you is like, you're a weird, awkward guy, but like, when you get to know you, like you're cool. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thanks. Thank you. <laughs> you. You got me in one. All right. So I was in Germany doing this talk in Cologne and the German train station is really built just to frustrate foreigners. Like, honestly, <laughs> I think they have like deeply thought about if you are a foreigner and you really don't understand our language and train system, how can we really like f with your mind? <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I'm like looking at the train station. I don't understand anything that's going like any of these directions. And I have to get back to Frankfurt because that's where my plane is going back to Dublin. And so I run around all the different trains and I think to myself, uh, like most normal people would say, well, I'll ask someone. I said, I will get on a train and hope for the best. <laughs> and then I got on this train and I'm sitting there and it's five minutes until it takes off. And I sit down and I'm fortunate enough to sit beside a couple who speak English. And so what would a normal person do? They would say, is this train going to Frankfurt? That is reasonable and very, very yes. normal. I was sitting there going, oh, I should really ask this couple, is this train going to Frankfurt? And I think about it, 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 think about it. <laughs> and, the talk, and the clock's going tick, 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 tick. And then the train door, they close, right? They just close. And I go, as soon as they went, I went, is this train going to Frankfurt? No, it is going the opposite direction for three hours direct with no stops. <laughs> and so I missed my flight. I just stay on this bloody train. I think I had, I don't know why I am Dusseldorf or somewhere. And I ended up- Yeah, like, you were in Dusseldorf. I missed my flight. So that was a good story. One thing you want to do is like have some rituals like you, me and John Dick, who is the other phenomenal uh, SVP at HubSpot. We have the ritual whenever you come to Dublin, we have like these really good things that we do every Sunday. We meet the same bar. We do the same kind of restaurants and pubs. And every time we've done that has been the best time. One of the other things that I really enjoyed was if you can do this, now this is going to sound like outlandish. We had this favorite Mexican <laughs> restaurant that we would always go to. And it's we, closed, RIP that restaurant. And so we had a bar, the long haul, which we loved which was a couple of doors up from this uh, 777, this Mexican restaurant. Now we had a few Irish drinks, you know, on a Sunday after some football <laughs> all above board. And then we went into the Mexican restaurant, like looking through this menu and the waitress comes over and goes, what do you want? We're like, we will have the entire menu. <laughs> <laughs> we ordered the menu. We're like, we'll have it all. And I tell you, just do that <laughs> once. Cause it's so bad. It's so fun. It's so fun to tell somebody, I'll take the menu. <laughs> I'll take the menu. And they looked at you and we're like, Yes. <laughs> they were like, yes, you will. That's where this is going in a jug of margaritas. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you also are going to just have margaritas, aren't you? And yeah. we're like, oh, of yeah. course we are. It's fantastic. I love those. Those are some amazing stories. Kieran's an amazing go-carter, but I remember when I first oh, went go-karting with Kieran, good. he left his wallet in the <laughs> office. And like we had to circle back around in the cab because you couldn't even, you forget a lot of things and, are, take, and, are, and aren't so good with directions. Here's what I do. Any space, I sit down on. You just threw everything out? <laughs> the first person I sound weird. It sounds weird, but it's not weird. I take my belt off. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds actually way worse, <laughs> that man. Sounds, sorry. That sounds, sorry. I put my phone out, put my wallet out, take my shoes and socks off. <laughs> 
anywhere. Like in the office at HubSpot, when we were like first building at the office, I would be walking around in my bare feet all the time. So so if you ever see Kira, make sure he has all of his personal belongings. If like we're doing a live pod somewhere and we're about to leave and you're hanging out talking with us. <laughs> if my trousers fall down as I'm walking around you, like my trousers randomly fall down, you know it's because I forgot my belt. But Kieran... The HubSpot journey was amazing. Uh, I'm so glad that we get to do the pod and we get to talk all the time still because I'd be really sad otherwise. Expect everybody watching and listening to get just as much banter because we basically just WhatsApp each other every day and everything anyway. So no shortage of anything there. We're going to get some extra perspective and insight from all things Zapier. Congrats to Kieran on becoming the CMO of Zapier. I hope that everybody loved our breakdown of careers today start of the year. We thought it was a perfect time to do it. Also coincided with Kieran's move. If you have any questions, drop those in the comments. Kieran and I read all of those on YouTube and we'll get back to you. Until next time, this has been Marketing Against the Grain. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>